0: This is Defender Radio. Defender Radio is brought to you by Gates Wildlife Control and the Association for the Protection of Fur-Bearing Animals.
1: It's the week of February 23rd, 2015, and this is Michael Howie welcoming you to episode 216 of Defender Radio. March is gearing up to come in like a lion for the fur bearers. The ongoing attack on advocacy by the Harper government picked up last week with new claims in the House of Commons, leaked reports from the RCMP, and the staggering introduction of Bill C-51. But a lion-like march isn't always bad news, we're also teaming up with a fantastic ethical business for a month-long fundraiser that's sure to put a smile on your face. This week we'll hear from Camille Labchuck, one of Canada's leading animal rights attorneys, who discusses everything from politics to terrorism laws and how we can each make a difference come election time. Following that, Shanna Victor will connect with Defender Radio to talk about how her ethical business will be supporting the fur bears throughout the month of March, and how you can end up with beautiful jewelry, clothing and accessories while supporting the fur bears too. Let's get started with Camille. In her work with animal justice, individual activists, and organizations like the Fur Bears, Camille Labchuk has defined herself as one of the premier animal rights attorneys in Canada. With the ongoing debate around coffee tables and the media on issues like Bill C-51 and allegations of radicalism in environmental movements, Camille is positioned as an expert that can provide unique insight and advice to those of us in the animal advocacy business. So for people who don't know you uh, and for whom the term lawyer conjures up old cranky people who send us bills, could you explain to the listeners what kind of law it is that you practice?
0: I practice primarily animal law. So I I work with groups and individuals who have legal issues that pertain uh, to animals. And I try to take on cases that advance the positions of animals in some capacity, either by giving them more rights under the law or by helping um, those generous people who are trying to uh, to do good work for animals. So I attempt to use the law as a tool to accomplish good things for animals.
1: All right, and um, I, I think that's a nice place to start, actually. And this uh, we'll get right into it with our good friend, uh, MP Robert Sopuk from Manitoba. Uh, now, as, as we all know, uh, on Wednesday, uh, he sent out a media release, saying that the NDP's concept of moving animals from property to personhood or sentience would cripple our economy and ruin rural communities. Um, So I I guess I gotta ask, uh, the obvious question is, would this happen? I mean, there's not a lot of precedents around the world, uh, although there are some countries joining up. In your opinion, based on the laws as you know them, would improving the rights of animals under our charter ruin our economy?
0: Well, first of all, it's laughable to propose that the NDP is somehow the animal rights party. Um, I appreciate some of the good work that they've done on animal welfare, but not, let's not conflate animal welfare and animal rights. The NDP wants to protect animals better under the uh, existing legislative regime, but they don't want a wholesale shakeup of that. Uh, and they've they've never even uh, proposed making animals what we would call legal persons. So uh, just so listeners understand the distinction in in the law, we've got a couple types of things. There's persons. That doesn't mean people. It doesn't mean human beings. But it means entities like corporations or municipalities or trusts that have the capacity to take action on their behalf in the court. Uh, and that does include human beings. It does not include animals. Animals are viewed as property. They're not legal actors. They're legal things. They're objects and they're property that we're able to use as we like. First of all, the NDP has never even proposed changing that. Uh, That's something that uh, we should look at and we should think about implementing and we should uh, give animals the right to go to court if they need to, to have somebody go to court on their behalf to enforce any legal rights that they might have under the law. But that's not even what the NDP is proposing. They were simply saying that uh, we essentially need to take care of animals better and uh, enhance their welfare. So it's, you know, frankly, just political rhetoric at its at its lowest. Uh, just starting a flame war with a party who's not even saying what he he's claiming that they're that they're saying. So I would love if the NDP adopted a fully animal rights position, but that's um, not what's being proposed. So um, Mr. Sopak is, is concerned that industries would, would grind to a halt if the NDP's policies were implemented. So let's be clear about what the NDP and, and other parties who care about animals have said. They've said, let's fix the problems with the criminal code that sometimes prevent prosecutors from getting convictions because they're riddled with so many loopholes. The NDP has never said that animals uh, deserve legal rights or deserve legal personhood. Uh, so certainly what he says about the NDP is baseless. Now, the broader question, would enhancing animal welfare uh, undermine all of those industries that Mr. Sofak is so important and grind our economy to the halt? The answer is emphatically no. Uh, Canada has some of the worst animal protection laws in the Western world. Uh, and countries that are doing better than us on animals still have thriving animal industries. The difference is that they're just not abused to the same extent as they are here.
1: Now, I, I, I'd I also like to bring up, uh, uh, and we've talked about this at length, uh, both professionally and personally, Mr. Sopuk's comments uh, during the RCMP for Hat debate. He's the one who brought up the fact that we, the radical animal rights activists, had forced the RCMP into making a decision they didn't want to, uh, which led to all kinds of political rigmarole, uh, and as we now know, pretty much nothing changed from that original RCMP decision. But he has this habit of coming out and calling anyone who has any views on wildlife that does not match his own, and he is a supporter of, uh, and if I can pull the quote, from one article, which I obviously can't now, Uh, but he is a supporter of hunting, trapping, fishing, sealing, furring, everything pretty much. Uh, Why is it that a politician can so blindly sweep across the board and say, anyone who disagrees with me is a radical, which is the same language being used by the government in describing violent terrorist groups in uh, the Middle East, Southeast Asia, and around the world?
0: Well it's most unfortunate. This type of divisive, inflammatory, rhetorical language doesn't do uh, a service to anyone. All it does is polarize the debate and make it more difficult to even discuss these issues with each other. And I'm a big proponent of talking uh, with, with the other side. There's nothing wrong with that. And we should be able to have an adult conversation about this without uh, without poisoning the well. Uh, but what Mr. Sopak and the other members of the Conservative Hunting and Angling Caucus, of which he is the chair, uh, it's full of senators and MPs, what, what I think they're up to is identity politics. They're signaling to uh, rural folks, people who are hunters, people who are fishers, people who use animals, farmers. They're signaling that the Conservative Party is their party. And if you want to keep using the animals the way you do, then vote. Oh,
1: Conservative.
0: So that's really what it's about. It's a, it's a class play for votes.
1: And unfortunately, it seems to work sometimes uh, based on internet comments, which, as you know, is part of my job, and hence the heavy drinking. Um, <laughs> but um, you you see very quickly people divide into an urban-rural split, and the politicians clearly know this and are clearly trying to capitalize on it. And I must say, it's going to be interesting this fall when the election comes around to see if that gambit plays off for them. Um, now, the other thing that's come up recently... Uh, is Bill C-51. This is the new anti-terrorism law um, that pretty much the entire world is afraid of, except for the Conservative Party. So And the Liberals
0: who are planning to support it.
1: Well, do you think they're actually going to go across the caucus and support it, or is it going to be select members?
0: Oh, they've said that they're going to support it, so I doubt that there will be room uh, to dissent on that. see what the Liberals are fearful of is the conservatives, come election time, bashing them over the head with it and saying that they're soft on terrorism. So again, you see this inflammatory, rhetorical, divisive uh, approach to politics, which which does a disservice
1: to all of us. Absolutely. And the, the, I think the other point that it plays, is, uh, or, I'm sorry, I'm stumbling all over my own words today, uh, the other thing it clearly points out to me is that many of these politicians are more concerned with getting elected than they are with doing something good for the country. Um... And unfortunately, some of those politicians are few and far between. Uh, Now, when we look at BC51, what does it mean for those of us involved in the animal rights or animal welfare movements? For those of us who are advocates, Uh, clearly this this points out, um, first of all, uh, violence in terms of terrorism. But its definitions have been said to be way too broad. So how should we be looking at this?
0: We should be looking at this with extreme skepticism and I think great fear about what it may may mean for peaceful activities of animal protection advocates. So to start off, the scope of CSIS's security intelligence function has always been quite broad. It's defined as a threat to the security of Canada. Uh, Each of the categories of threats listed in the CSIS Act have a quite uh, broad and, and very capable of expansive definition. So that's the first issue and what's being proposed now uh, is that uh, lawful advocacy be excluded from the the activities that speeches can get involved with. So what does lawful advocacy mean? It seems to me, and it seems quite clear from answers uh, given by uh, Stephen Harper when Elizabeth May asked him in the House of Commons, it seems quite clear that civil disobedience uh, is not included in lawful advocacy, even though it may be quite peaceful. So there's a real risk here that activities uh, that may be unlawful to some degree, even if only slightly unlawful, so say instead of being criminally unlawful, someone just holds a permit or protests without the proper permit, it seems to me that those activities can be caught up in this new, powerful, very sweeping, uh, severe piece of legislation. So just to drive that home and give you an example of, of what CSIS uh, may be, in- be able to interfere with, Say there's a, a big animal rights protest on Parliament Hill demanding that the RCMP abandon their fur hats, and say that protest doesn't have the proper permits issued from the right authority. Well, that is an unlawful protest. Um, you know, say say somebody does go ahead and liberate some mink from uh, a mink farm. Uh, that's certainly not lawful advocacy, and that that's fine. But what about somebody who uh, makes a public statement supporting? that activity, even though they haven't done so themselves, that, again, could be seen as not lawful advocacy. So these really sweeping measures, I think, mean something quite worrying to those of us who care about animals.
1: And uh, you and I both have many uh, familiars who are involved in law enforcement and security industries. Um, Most of the folks I've talked to, while they may welcome some portions of this legislation, they think it is very much overkill. Um, because for them, it creates a lot of questions that don't have clear answers. And if there's one thing bureaucrats like, it's a clear answer and directive. What have you been hearing from people who more or less have their feet on the ground in these industries? Well,
0: what I've been hearing from folks is that they're, they're very concerned about the expansive potential scope of the legislation. And it's one thing for a thesis to say, oh, but we would never do that. It's another thing for the legislation to absolutely prevent them from expanding the scope of the powers that they should that they should have. Um, I don't think the case is being made that a lot of the proposals are necessary. The government has never fully explained why we need these to to protect Canada from terrorism, and uh, the overreaching legislation is is uh, you know unjustifiable in, in in that regard. You know, unlawful conduct could include blockades. It could uh, include workplace strikes. It in- could include protests without proper regulatory permits. These activities are not terrorism. These activities are not something that we need to treat as a national threat. Uh, and we uh, have to put a stop to this.
1: And I think we're all going to have that opportunity uh, come fall. As we all know, there is an election coming up. And the Furbers, we've made a decision to not endorse single candidates or parties officially, although we all have our own opinions and they very much line up with most other people in our field. Um, now, We are going to be strongly encouraging people to get out and vote. And I'm going to play a bit on your political side here and ask. Numerous people go out and and vote strategically. Uh, For example, the last Ontario election, um, the Liberal Party, who have been under enormous scrutiny for numerous scandals, actually increased their seats, largely because people were voting against the Progressive Conservative Party due to some poor policy planning. Um, Now, do you think it's important for people to go out and vote strategically come the election or should they be voting for the party they believe will do the best job, regardless of the opportunity of that party to capture a majority of seats?
0: Well, I tend to take, um, uh, I don't want to say a middle of the road perspective on this issue because I think it's always important to vote for what you want uh, in an election. Um, but my, my concern is that when people try to vote strategically, oftentimes it doesn't work because they don't do the, the proper research or have the really deep knowledge of what's happening at their own individual riding. So, you know, I live in downtown Toronto. Uh, in the Ontario provincial election, there was no chance that the PC candidate was going to win. If the PC candidate got over 10% in my riding, it would have been a miracle. Yet you still saw a strategic vote, uh, shifting from, uh, the NDP to the Liberals because So many voters were concerned that the uh, PCs could elect somebody, and that's not the case. So what I fear uh, when we talk about strategic voting is um, people making decisions that aren't founded on all of the evidence. So I think if you're a voter and you're considering that, you you owe it to yourself to take a really good look at whether your race is close and whether you really do legitimately have a fear uh, that somebody will get in. And it's always really difficult to know unless you've got those internal party numbers in your writing. So I, I I suggest a great degree of caution. And I, I think is a general proposition that if we don't start voting for what we want, we'll never get it.
1: To get in touch with Camille, locate her email address on this week's Defender Radio blog. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. You're listening to Defender Radio. I am Brad Gates, owner of Gates Wildlife Control. Do you have raccoons or squirrels living in your attic? Did you know that the hole in your roof is letting water in? Your insulation is being ruined and they could be chewing on your electrical wiring? Protect your biggest investment. We will come to your house and provide you with a no obligation free estimate. Please visit our website at GatesWildlifeControl.com or dial 416-750-9453.
0: Have you ever heard a coyote sing? Did you know that coyotes are also called North America song dogs? They communicate through unique howls, yips, and barks. At Coyote Watch Canada, we're committed to fostering peaceful coexistence for communities and their wildlife neighbors by building compassionate wildlife communities, one community at a time. Please visit us at CoyoteWatchCanada.com for more information and tips about this amazing Keystone species. Beaver dams help clean water, promote songbird diversity, encourage fish populations, and create better soil and a cleaner environment. Beavers are good for Canada, but will we be good to them? Find out more at FurbearerDefenders.com and give a damn about beavers. This is Defender Radio.
1: The Fur Bears are always happy when we find ethical businesses that like to support wildlife. And when we found Shanna Logic, we pretty much lost our minds. With a diverse collection of truly handmade jewelry, clothing, and other accessories, Shanna Victor agreed to run a fundraiser for the Fur Bears through the month of March. A percentage of every sale, including the beautiful animal-inspired items, will be donated to help protect wildlife in Canada. Shanna joined Defender Radio to discuss her shop, her background as a wildlife rehabilitator, and what you can expect to find come March. Let's uh, talk a bit about your wildlife. I mean, that's kind of your introduction into our shared world here. Um, So how did you get involved with wildlife rehabilitation?
0: Actually, um, my husband found a baby red squirrel that fell, and he didn't want to touch it. I don't know why he's afraid of stuff like that, but um he texted me and I came down there and I took him and um he was really fun and I called my local wildlife rescue and they were too busy to come and get him. So I took care of him for a few days and after that I was just like, I need to do this. And so I joined Friends of Wildlife, which is a Michigan licensed rehabber organization, and um I thought I was going to get a squirrel, but they sent me home with baby raccoons. And raccoons are like the most amazing misunderstood animal on the planet, pretty much. I, they're my favorite animal by far. And so I rehabbed them and red squirrels for a while because a lot of people don't like red squirrels. They get into things and they're not super friendly. So um, I. I specialize in red squirrels now because they're smaller, but I don't do raccoons anymore simply because they take up a lot of room. And uh, yeah, I really miss them though. But, um, and also because I'm always given every single red squirrel on the planet. So <laughs> I pretty much <laughs> just get really booked with those. So yeah, I have uh, release cages and I take in the babies if they're abandoned or they've been orphaned or somebody finds them in a wall, you know, usually that, sort of thing happens people will trap the mom raccoon and then find out there's babies and that's where i would come in and then they're all released back into the wild well if they make it you know
1: yep um and uh from that you uh you are familiar with our organization uh the fur bears so how did you learn about what we do
0: well actually um one of you guys contacted me and um I went to your site and read about it, but the thing that really resonated for me that I, I've i have done fashion fundraisers in the past, that's what I call them, where I give some proceeds to an organization and I usually do animal organizations like ASPCA or Friends of Wildlife because um, not that many people do animals. They usually do human rights things. So I focus on animals and when they contacted me, and I read the fact about cats and dogs being farmed. I really had no idea. I That's the one fact where I was like, what? Cats and dogs are killed for their fur? I had no clue. And that really struck me. And I feel like um, you're in Canada and I'm in the U.S., but I feel like this area of the world can really relate to feeling that that is really wrong. You know, I, I don't know how many people get super upset about, raccoons or coyotes I mean I do but cats and dogs are animals that we keep in our home and love and consider family members so that's why I really wanted to work with you guys
1: yeah and it's uh surprising to many people uh that it's still legal it was shocking. to import into Canada yeah. cat and dog for um whereas the United yeah, States has he- actually banned it
0: Oh really? Yeah, it's it's, well, that's it's it.
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's Canada's the <laughs> only western nation that allows it still. Um that's one of the things we're constantly working on. Uh with legislation and uh fundraising and uh, awareness. Um and you run um a, a website and I was told it's kind of like Etsy, but to me it's it's much more. Um especially because
0: It's actually not yeah, it's it's funny because it's not like Etsy at all, but I think because people think of handmade as being, like people just say Etsy, it's handmade. Although nowadays yeah. Etsy is eighty percent factory made, so <laughs> I don't know that we're anything alike. But um, I actually started Chainallogic twelve years ago, and there were no handmade markets, and e-commerce wasn't really a thing yet. So there were only a few stores like us, and it was kind of a beautiful time <laughs> where everything was pure and good and people didn't care about only making money. And um, basically my store, I work directly with artists that I admire. So I have about a 100 artists that I work with and I represent them and sell a curated version of their items that I feel like are super high quality. And another thing that's weird about my company that's different from others is that I have my hands on everything because I really care about my customers. They're actually amazing people. They care about artists and they care about handmade and they care about animals and they're just really fun, quirky, unusual individuals. And so I hand write on every order. I try to maintain friendships with these people. Like I really love them. So, um, it's kind of a dying market. I think I'm the only one left out of my original group of stores now. So I guess you could say Shane is an endangered species. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I started. And that's really my mission is to um, send high quality happiness to the world. And hopefully artists who deserve it can get paid well and we can give back to the creative community and maybe in march we can give back to lots of animal rights
1: <laughs> yes you made this it's my job to make segues not yours oh crap. we gotta be clear about that <laughs> it's okay it's okay i'll forgive you um well i was gonna say i mean it, it's absolutely everything from beautiful jewelry it's stunning handmade stuff up to really cool uh, funky t-shirts and you know Thank we were you. emailing about the um uh, the Enigma decryption yeah. machine mm-hmm. design. Which I didn't I just even know
0: there by. was a movie coming out about it. So that was oh, interesting yeah, news. Yeah. I <laughs> I guess I live in, well, under that, a rock.
1: <laughs> it's the guy from Sherlock. So oh, that's, that's
0: yeah. Cumberbatch. That's right.
1: Yeah. Um, and also Star Trek. But we are yes. digressing into nerdiness, yes. Um, yes. which I is not that. good for <laughs> interviews. Um it's okay if it's print, but for, for radio stuff, it just, it apparently turns people away. Don't anyway, be a nerd. Don't um, be a nerd. Yeah, nerds suck. Sports. Oh, nerd. man. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, now, you, you do have a lot of animal-themed stuff, and you've I actually do. got entire pages about sort of animal-stylized items. I do. Why is it important for you to maintain that theme of animals and again not everything on here is animal related but there is that strong thread
0: i mean when i started shana logic it's called that because basically stuff i'm shana and stuff that i that resonates with me so you know i have a gothy dark side and i also have a kawaii japanese side but i love animals and i um know that everybody i mean everybody loves kitties and everybody loves puppies but It's hard to find that perfect honey (laughs) badger or that perfect raccoon necklace or fox necklace. And I guess those just really appeal to me because of my fondness towards wildlife. So whenever I see an animal that, you know, isn't represented that much, I I usually jump on that if it's well-made. So there's a lot of sloths. We've got sea otters. I've got wolves you know, huskies, I just, the list goes on kind of. I just, I just am really drawn to that um, subject. So, and I think my audience is too. I mean, people who have pugs love pug themed stuff. People whose favorite animals are narwhals love narwhal stuff. So that's where I come in. I try to give them a curated version of that.
1: Yeah, it's, and it's, it's, it's wonderful too, because it's a nice diverse mix of style. It's not just, um, you know, one, one artist, as you said, you work with numerous artists and they've all got their clear, uh, style and, uh, preferred formats right. and everything. So you get that nice mix. Um, I particularly Thanks. like the, uh, the shark businessman print. Um,
0: <laughs> it was, a, it's corporate <laughs> portrait
1: print. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, he's pretty awesome. He I've knows got, how to make an animal look dignified. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I've got a thing about sharks. I'm actually terrified of them, but I love them. Um.
0: See, everybody has their animal that they're yeah. really drawn to, and so I try to fill the gaps of those. There's a couple animals that are my favorites that I have a lot of trouble finding. Like, I have a conure, so I have trouble finding that perfect conure parrot item. Those are real hard. <laughs> and I also love Tasmanian devils, and those are really hard to come by. So, you know, I'm just working on those.
1: Well, <laughs> There's some t- animals
0: I want to fill it in.
1: You should look at uh, the Canada lynx and the wolverine because those are two that we love in our office and they're both at risk right now. Of
0: um, Well, the wolverine is the Michigan state animal.
1: Well, there you go. It ties so, together. So, yeah,
0: I really should, huh?
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Gotta get on that. And they are still trapped in Canada, in parts of the U.S. Oh, wow. um, I, I believe it's in Montana. There's been an ongoing debate about Canada lynx and whether or not they should be completely off limits or just limited. Um, and Wolverines, hmm. uh, with climate change and habitat degradation, they're just disappearing left, right, and center. Um,
0: so sad.
1: But uh, on to happier things. So we, yeah. we, our, our our organization and Channel logic have gotten together and we are doing a sort of combined social media blitz. And what's going to be yes. happening uh, throughout the month of March, I will let you explain. What's What's the plan?
0: All right. I'm actually really excited about this. So um, in March, 10% of Shana Logic proceeds are going to be donated to the Fur Bearer Defenders. And um, I'm going to put together a curated group of products that I feel that animal lovers will love. And I'm hoping that um, I have a lot of Canadian shoppers, actually. So it's kind of a perfect mix for me. I love Canada. And I'm hoping that you know, we can bring some awareness about you guys and you guys can bring some awareness about us. So it's sort of like independent ethical companies working together for good, which I love the idea of.
1: Absolutely. It's very exciting. Uh, yeah. And like, like I said, I'm I'm making secret mental notes about stuff on the website right now as we're talking <laughs> actually. Um,
0: Get your wish list together. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah um and um people who want to learn more about what you do um as you said you've got a a wonderful story behind shana logic um can people sort of take a look around i understand you have a blog and things like that
0: yeah i do actually my blog is a lot of cute animals so it's kind of obvious how much i like animals because i do post new arrivals and introductions to different artists in my blog and it's just shanalogic.com you can Actually, you can go to shanalogic.com and just click on the blog link at the top, and, uh, but there's tons of cute animal videos. If you're bored, feel free to head on over, and I also have an unusual animal of the day post where we post weird animals, which is kind of interesting, and you can learn more about me just in general from my blog, but also I have an about us section, and it kind of talks about what's important for Shanalogic as a store. Because not really, I mean, obviously you want to make money, but it's more about spreading awareness about artists being paid what they're worth and that sort of thing. Plus, in an internet world, you want personal service, which you no longer get anymore. And I strive to do that.
1: To learn more about Shanna, visit her website at shannalogic.com. That's all the time we have for this week. I'd like to thank our guests for their time, and as always, Brad Gates of AAA Gates Wildlife Control for his ongoing support of this program. Until next time, this is Michael Howey reminding you to stay informed and stay strong.